This is an episode of the Emergency Podcast System of Rumble with Michael Moore, and I am Michael Moore. Within 24 hours of the polls closing on the final day of voting, which of course is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. I don't want to take much of your time here today because we all have work to do, but I do want to say some final words before we approach these these last hours. Things I just need to share with you, I guess, because we don't know what life is going to be like on the other side of today or tomorrow. Um, of course, we hope for the best. We hang on to our optimism these days, like we're clinging onto the side of a cliff. There's a photograph of President Trump and the First Lady taken a little over a year ago that I have not been able to get out of my head. It seems like every day this photograph at some point will pop into my head and it's it's unlike anything that I've seen in the last four years. I shouldn't say unlike anything because we've seen many pictures and videotape of Donald Trump behaving in all sorts of crazy and disgusting and demoralizing ways. But this picture was different. This picture is, was that rare photo of him smiling, really smiling, all the teeth showing and actually looking happy. And beside him was his wife, who looked remarkably comfortable being by his side, something we also weren't used to seeing a lot of. On August 3rd, 2019, Jordan and Andre Anchando were killed. They had been married for a year, and this was the first anniversary of their wedding. It was also the fifth birthday of Jordan's daughter, Jordan being the mom, Andre, of course, being the new husband. And they had just had a baby two months earlier in June, little Paul Anchando. They died inside the El Paso Walmart when a white guy came in with an AR-15 firing away, saying that he was hunting Mexicans, that the Mexicans were invading the country and he was out to kill them. And that is what he did. He looked for anyone who looked brown and shot them to death. Andre Anchando, in order to protect his wife, Jordan, and their baby, Paul, stepped in front of the gunman to try to stop him. And the gunman killed him immediately. At that point, Jordan, Paul's mother, wrapped herself around him so that he would not be shot. The gunman shot her. But for some miraculous reason, the bullet or bullets did not pass through little Paul, and he lived. Jordan and Andre died. Died because they were Mexican-Americans or looked like Mexican-Americans to the killer. Four years earlier, in the summer of 2015, Donald Trump and his spouse, Melania, rode down the golden escalator in Trump Tower in New York City to step up to a podium and announce that he was running for president of the United States. And in that announcement, gave as one of his reasons the wall that he needed to build between Mexico and the United States, a wall to prevent Mexicans 
Mexicans who were rapists and murderers and criminals from coming across the border and killing us. On August 3rd, five years later, 2019, it wasn't the Mexicans killing us. It was one of our beloved white people killing Mexicans. And 13 hours later, on that same day, on August 3rd, 13 hours later that night, at one in the morning, now officially August 4th, 2019, another madman in the city of Dayton, Ohio, came through the nightclub district, firing away and killing more Americans. President Trump, in the days after, didn't quite know how to deal with the situation, was told he had to show up, and so he planned to go to Dayton and to El Paso on August 7th. He went to Dayton first, and he was not well received. People didn't want to meet with him. The media covered mostly the criticisms of the Trump administration and their policy of dealing with guns in this country. He was very upset when he got back on Air Force One that he wasn't getting any of the love that he deserved because he showed up to show his compassion for the victims. His aides assured him that it would be different in Texas. And so on they went to El Paso. But when they got there, there was more bad news. He went to the hospital to meet with the wounded. 22 had been killed, but there were wounded. And so that would make a good photo op. And then they got there. They found out that nobody wanted to meet with him. None of the wounded wanted anything to do with him. Didn't want a photo op. Didn't want him around them at all. And the families didn't want him around. And he was furious. He ordered his staff to get him the photo op he came down there to get. And then that's when they got lucky. They found out that there was a victim of the shooting who actually was not wounded, who was alive. This little two-month-old baby named Paul Anchando. Except his parents were dead. His parents had been killed. Can't do a photo op with them because they're dead. But so what do you do? There's no parents with the baby. There's just a baby. And the baby had been discharged from the hospital in the first day because the baby was unharmed. Once they checked Paul out, little Paul out, he was, he was okay and they let him go. And somebody said, get that baby back to the hospital. And they found a relative of little Paul, a Trump supporter, uh, who was more than willing to oblige and to bring the baby back to meet the president of the United States. And sure enough, they bring the baby in. They hand the baby to the, toward the president, but he defers and allows Melania to take the baby. And they hold this little two-month-old baby up in front of the cameras and a big smile comes on Trump's face and he gives a big thumbs up to the camera and Melania smiles and she's holding the baby just like any mommy would. This photograph, um, I've posted it right here on my podcast platform site, wherever you're listening to this, it'll be there or maybe it might be a link. You might have to click on the link or whatever, but I want you to take a look at this. I want you to take a look at this photo. Because it really, really says it all about what we've become under him. And little Paul, he's just looking around like, what's going on here? His mother's dead. His father's dead. But the president would like a photo op. And there they are, holding the body of the little baby that was alive while the bodies of his parents, who died trying to protect Paul so he could live, were gone. It was the most cringe-inducing, pathetic, disgusting photograph I have seen of Donald Trump throughout all the years. And boy, there are so many of them. But this one, this one, using their surviving two-month-old, smiling, faking it, 
parents dead, 20 others dead, more wounded, recovering in the hospital. They don't want anything to do with any of this. It was all there in that one photo. Everything about Trump, his racism, his narcissism, the gun violence that he not only was partly responsible for because he he protected those who want to just be able to go in and get a gun anytime and anywhere. And the support that the gun owners have given him over the years. Also in that photo are the missing, not just the dead, but the wounded in the hospital, because that photo also shows the disgust of the American people. Those Americans in that hospital wanted nothing to do, did not want to be in a photo with the president of the United States. And where the violence took place in Walmart, Walmart, nothing more American than Walmart. And yet, this past week, Walmart had to announce that they were removing guns and ammunition from their counters and their shelves and their cases in the stores because they are afraid that a certain group of Americans, if they are unhappy with the election results, are going to break into the Walmarts and steal those guns and those bullets. And so they've all been locked away. They've all been removed. Um, Walmart will still sell you a gun and some ammo the proper way, but they'll have to go get it for you. It will not be there for you to just break in, rush in and steal. And Texas, Texas is part of that photo too. Because it's not the Texas we grew up with. It's not the Texas that the media likes to tell us about. That Texas, where the Texans didn't want to be in the photo with their president, that Texas is no longer white. Texas today is 57% not white, only 43% white. That's why it's a battleground state. That's why it may not happen this week, but they know it's coming. It's not far away. And soon, Texas will join the rest of the country in being good and decent and sane and and supporting immigrants and supporting women and supporting a country that we that we want to live in at some point here and Texans are joining us that may be the last photo cuz it's already so fake that any white person any president's going to get away with to say yes Texas just like just like here over the weekend when all those trump trucks and all those angry, angry Trump supporters surrounded a Biden bus while it was traveling down Interstate 35, surrounded it so it couldn't hardly move, blocked its way, and essentially ran it off the road so it couldn't continue on its journey. All the, all the Trump supporters cheering there. The president then tweeting the video and the photo of his Trump supporters terrifying, terrorizing the people on the Biden bus and tweeting out in all capital letters, I love Texas. I'm sorry, Mr. President. That's not Texas anymore. It's your version of it. And you may be the last old white guy to eke out some kind of support, in part helped by the fact that you've got a Republican governor who's tried to suppress the vote in every which way he can, including by only allowing one ballot box, one outdoor ballot box per county. So you've got a county like where Houston sits, you've got, I don't know how many, two, three, four million people in that county, and they've got one box. If you've seen any of the video or the footage of people trying to put their their ballot in the box there. So here we sit, my friends. Here we sit, hours away. What is Donald Trump capable of in these final hours? What is he planning to do? Well, I just want to say this. I don't give, I don't really give a goddamn what he's planning to do. I mean, I do, obviously, because I know we're going to have to fight it. But these next hours, whenever you're listening to this, whether you're listening on Monday or or even on Tuesday, these next hours are not about Trump. These hours, these final hours are about us, you and me and the other 300 million people in this country. 
And we need to ask ourselves a question right now, a serious, serious question. Who are we? Who are we? And what are we willing to do? What are we willing to do to protect the vote, to protect this country from Trump and his minions who are full of evil and up to no good? (laughs) Well, to start with, my friends, um, if you can afford to do it, if you can do it without getting fired, don't go to work. Don't go to work today. Don't go to work tomorrow. We're going to need everybody, everybody on their, on their feet, on their toes, ready for whatever it is we need to do to nonviolently protect the vote and this country. If you're a student, don't go to school. All of us really should just be dropping what we're doing right now because we are needed. And don't say, you know, you don't know who to, where to go or what to do or how, how will I help? How can I help, Mike? I, I have been giving you some ideas. I'm just going to give them to you again because I'm telling you, this is the, the mail I'm getting, the comments I'm getting, what people have done who listen to Rumble. The number of people that you, you listening to this, to this podcast have gone out and convinced not when I say go out, all you did was pick up your phone. You picked up your phone and you start calling cousins you haven't talked to in a while. Or you ran into neighbors in the alley. You ran into, you, you, you ran into some of you are obviously you're still working. So you talk to people at work and you found one or two or three people that really weren't planning on voting. And you convince them to vote and you convince them to remove Donald Trump. Some of you have doubled, tripled, quadrupled, quintupled your own single vote is now five votes. Congratulations. Those of you listening to this right now, there's still time to do this. The polls are still open. So that means you can get out your phone right now, go to the address book and start scrolling through. It begins with A and it ends with Z. And you can just go through and you go through, mm-hmm, okay, there's Lucy and there's Barry and and there's Katrina and there's, you know, and, and you're going to go, oh yeah, that's right, Katrina. I remember her telling me that she thinks the whole system's a crock of shit and she's not going to vote. I got to, I got to, I got to talk to her right now. I just got to talk to her a little bit, you know, and, and I'm going to be respectful and I'm not going to vote shame her. I'm just going to tell her, I just, did we just do this for me, your friend? Just, just this once. Let's just see what happens. Let's see, first of all, if we can remove a bully. You've been wanting to remove a bully since you were in third grade. Come on. Here's our chance. Let's kick his sorry ass right out of the White House. Yeah, I know, Biden, Biden, Biden. I know, I know, I know. But you can't convince me that this is going to be worse. And by the way, if it is, I'll play these words three years from now. And you all can have at me. I don't know what it's going to be. But it won't be this. It won't be this. Come on, I'll go, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll come, I'll come pick you up. Let's just do this. We'll go grab a bite afterwards. Yeah, bring the kids. Yeah. Bring the dog. Yeah. I'll watch the kids in the and the dog in the car. I don't think they'll let you take the dog in. No. Maybe they will. I don't know. Come on, every one of you, you know somebody. You want to check in with everybody. And you know, there's good people who you don't have to convince, but they've they're just so busy. And then now they don't know. They still have the, they, they were told not to send the absentee ballot in because the post office wasn't working. And now what should they do? And, and, and you have to tell them this. It does, it's okay if you've got an absentee ballot and you didn't send it in. Bring it with you. We'll go into the polling place and you'll hand it to the poll workers. They're ready for this. And you're going to say to them, I decided to vote in person. And they'll take the absentee ballot from you. If you've filled it up, they're going to just filled it out already. They're going to destroy it. If you haven't filled out, there's, there's some probably still going to destroy it. They're going to take it from you because it's numbered and it's got your name on it somewhere in the system. And they're going to hand you a fresh, clean ballot that you're going to walk over to the voting booth and vote. And it's going to take less than 10 minutes once you're inside. Now, there may be a line outside. And that's where the sacrifice comes in. We are rarely asked these days to make a sacrifice for this country. We have a volunteer army, so we don't have to risk our lives. Most of us don't uh, belong to the National Guard, so when there's a hurricane or a tornado or whatever, we don't have to go do cleanup. 
Um, it's it's a it's a fairly it, the part about protecting the democracy. It's been a little too easy for us, and as a result, the people in charge have found ways to upend our democracy. And so we've been a little bit asleep at the wheel. But that's okay. We're not going to be that way anymore, right? We already know that. We already know we're going to live differently post-Trump, post-pandemic. It's going to be a different world for us. But right now, you might have to sacrifice a little. You might have to stand in line for an hour, two hours, five hours. And that's okay. And that's how you're going to remember this day, this historic day. I stood in line for five hours. I was that committed. I love this country. You'll tell that to your grandchildren someday. Hopefully not in that voice. <sighs> you have to call somebody or somebody's right now. When I'm done talking here with you, I'm asking you, please just do that. Oh, my God. If everybody listening to this podcast today did that, this could mean a half a million more votes. If you got four or five people to do this or if then tell them to do the same thing and they got four or five. Just this puny little podcast could be a million votes by eight o'clock Tuesday night here. I know that sounds crazy, but I did the math. But you also hold the power. You hold the power in a way that you'll never hold the power again like this, that you are controlling who's going to run this country. Trump doesn't control it right now. He's out of time. There's no more. There's no more of, his, of the old shenanigans. Believe me, he's got some new ones planned for tonight, for tomorrow night, for this week. And we'll get into that in just one second here. But but for right now, you hold this power and you need to go and you need to exercise it and use it. Use it like a club. Use it like a gavel. Use it like a hammer. Use it like a warm embrace of love. Whatever and however, whatever floats your boat here on this, you are in charge. I know, it's not many times in our life where we can actually make that claim, but at least for right now, until he starts breaking the law again in a few hours. For right now, you're in charge, and I'm in charge, and the people listening to this are in charge. If you convince five people to go vote, like I said, that's a half a million right now from this podcast. And if you tell each of those five people, will you please do the same just, it'll just take a few minutes. Just go through. If you don't want to call people, just send them a text or an email. But if they each get five, okay, I'm being too optimistic because I just did the math on that. That's 2.5 million <laughs> from this podcast. I'm in the small extra bedroom <laughs> in my apartment. And 2.5 million, just when that number just passed through my head, okay, that's not going to be 2.5 million. I'm really just asking for a million. All right. I want a million people who weren't going to vote, vote to vote. And I want that to be triggered by what I've just said into this microphone. And really, I don't even need that much because I already know the numbers because I'm from Michigan. So therefore, I know that Trump won Michigan by just two votes per precinct. That's it. Between 10 and 11,000 votes was the, was the difference. And if you take Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania together, that was 77,700 votes. Or, or enough people to fill up eh, maybe three quarters of the University of Michigan football stadium in Ann Arbor. That's all it was. Just that small number of the 300 million plus Americans put Donald Trump in the White House. So if we actually got a million joining our Trump removal activity here today, well, we're all going to sleep a lot better tomorrow night. No, we're not, are we? I know, I know, I know. We know what he's up to. But right for right now, just go with me on this. We are the majority. The majority of Americans agree with us on all these issues. They don't agree with Trump. They don't agree with the Republicans. The majority of Americans believe that we should have a living wage for our so-called minimum wage. They believe women should be paid the same as men if they're doing the same job. They believe that women have the right to control their own bodies. They believe that climate change is real. They believe that college should be had by everyone and, and not a price tag put on that, that thing that should be a right. And of course, speaking of rights, everybody should be able to see a doctor no matter what they make or don't make. 
and not ever have to worry about losing their home or anything, anything, simply because they got sick. That's the majority. The majority of Americans, everything I just told you, 55, 65, 85% pick whatever issue and every poll shows we are the majority. So this is about our strength. This is not only about our strength, it's about our lives. Nearly a quarter million dead because he did nothing about COVID. Because he lied to people, lied and told them it was nothing. It would be over very soon. And ridiculed anybody that would wear a mask or try to do something to protect themselves or their family. Ridiculed. So now we have nearly a quarter million dead. We have we have 100,000 people a day now coming down with COVID-19. And we know that if he is reelected, not, not whether it's through cheating or the American public decides they actually want him to be president, well, the virus will never go away. The vaccine will never happen. Oh, there'll be one, but it'll be the politically motivated one, so it won't be any good, and half the people won't even think of ever allowing it into their bodies. And millions will die. So this is about our courage. This is about you and I and everybody having the courage to be an American, to be willing to sacrifice, to be willing to stand up, to stand up against whatever madness we're going to have to face in the next hours, days, or weeks. And you all have to agree to do this. I'm agreeing to do it. I'm, I'm saying that there is something more important than me, something greater, greater for humanity, greater than just my presence on this earth. If we all collectively share that, and say that and do it. We show it through our actions. We show up. We show up tomorrow, wherever we have to be, because we know what's coming down the pike, right, folks? I mean, this is going to end in one of three ways. Either Trump is going to be crushed in a blue tsunami. Pause for Cornell West's prayer again. <laughs> uh, or Trump's going to lose, but Maybe by a little, not a lot, just enough for him to claim what he's going to claim. Or Trump wins, but we know he wins because he has rigged the vote. He's fixed this whole thing. And we all know it. And are we going to stand by and allow this to happen? But let me tell you, there's, there's one more possibility than just these three. One really outside-the-box possibility, and this is the way you have to think with Donald Trump. You have to go to the place where when you say it, the person next to you would say, oh, come on, that's not going to happen. Just like we've said about Trump for the last four years about everything. Oh, I can't believe he got away with that. Oh, really? You don't believe it? (laughs) what, What more does it take for you to believe that he will do anything and say anything? And break whatever law is necessary to hold power, to grab money, and most importantly, to get attention. So here's the other possibility. Here on Tuesday night, coming up, hours away here, at some point in the evening after 8 p.m., the votes are coming in, and because his MAGA people have no problem showing up to vote in person without a mask on the actual voting day. He may be ahead in many, many States. Whereas Democrats and people voting for Biden decided to vote early, decided to send in an absentee ballot. And those votes are not going to get counted right away. Those votes are going to be counted over the next days or weeks. I think California allows the counting to take place until November 20th, just as long as the ballot was postmarked uh, by election day. So we already know this. I mean, as I'm recording this, there's almost a hundred million people have voted either through early voting or absentee voting. Wow. A record of magnum proportions. We've never seen anything like it. 
but they won't be counted tomorrow, today, or the next day. They might not be counted till the end of the week, till the end of next week. They may not be counted till the end of the month. And he's going to play on that. And he's going to say, it should be stopped right now. Stop the counting. Stop that. Remember, stop the counting. You've heard that before in the year 2000. And all the Republicans in Florida and their little riot that they had there at the, at the election uh, counting office, uh, they, got the, they got them scared and they got them to stop counting. And then the Supreme Court, when they were just getting ready to, it was the numbers were growing and growing for Gore, and it was clear now that Gore was going to have more votes. They put a stop to it. The Supreme Court, many of whom appointed by Bush's dad and his cohort, Ronald Reagan, and Trump's going to do the same thing. He's going to try to stop the counting. And this is what he's going to say, just like he said with putting Judge Amy on the court. He's going to say that the Constitution is very clear. It says that the election will take place on the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November. And this year, that means November 3rd. And after midnight, Hawaii time, that's it. That's it. It's right there in black and white in the Constitution. And his lawyers will make the case that it's wrong to count any votes that are being counted after that. And of course, Biden, the Democrats will say, yeah, but the, but they were they voted before November 3rd or on November 3rd, so they have to be counted. And there's going to be at least three Supreme Court justices that are going to say, yeah, you know, that is that is right. And it won't mean squat, will it? His Supreme Court will back him. That's He's packed the court for this very reason. And his police, the police around the country, all these police unions that have endorsed Donald Trump, like virtually the only union that would endorse him for re-election, the police, they're going to stand by for him. I mean, the things that we may need to do in the next few days or, or week or whatever, we will have to show up. It may mean we all have to go to the, our state capitol and surround that capitol building with thousands of us, nonviolent, thousands of us, demanding, demanding that he be removed from the White House, demanding that every vote be counted. That's the first demand. Every vote must be counted. We may need to go to D.C. There, there are any of a number of things, but let me tell you, there are groups that have been working on this. They've been planning this in advance in case this happens. And one of the, I think, really good groups, uh, they're called protecttheresults.com, protecttheresults.com. And they have, go to the, go there, sign up. They have a whole thing where uh, they will be telling you what's being planned immediately in your area, in your zip code. Or if you want to plan something, if you want to organize something, uh, you can do it. You can be part of this. You can create your own protest, your own uh, petition, your own call Congress, uh, call wh- whoever, or just say, I'm, I'm heading to DC. I've got three spaces in the van. Anybody wants to come, you can do that. Protecttheresults.com. Check in with them. Check in with Indivisible. There's other groups that are, are doing things, but we cannot sit by. Commit now. Commit now. If they refuse to count every vote, if he rigs this in some way where he claims he won when we know that he didn't, you're not going to let this, we're not going to be like we've done this, like with every other thing with him for four years, where we've let him dismantle the Environmental Protection Agency, where we've let him, where we've let him put this justice on the Supreme Court eight days before he knows that the people are going to show up and throw him out of office. Come on. We have, we can't sit by this time, my friends. If we sit by, we're not Americans. Then I don't know what we are. We can't do that. And of course, he's got his militias, his Second Amendment people. I want to say something about them because you're going to see some of them at the polls here today, tomorrow. And I don't want you to be frightened. They are going to try to scare you. They're going to be carrying scary looking guns. They're going to pull up in their big trucks. They're going to be yelling and screaming and whatever. And you have to stand firm. Don't intimidate them. Don't get into an argument. Don't get in. Be nonviolent. 
but look straight ahead and pay no attention. Be strong. There's more of us than there are of them. They know it. That's why they're mad. They know that there's fewer and fewer white people in our population. And there's fewer and fewer men in government. Women are everywhere. This is frightening to them. When they hear things on the news like, there are now more women in medical school than men. There are more women in law schools than men. Uh, th- th- that the all these women that have taken over that the won congressional seats back in uh, 2018. This is driving them crazy. I'm not asking you to have any kind of pity or empathy for them, but just understand that they're just a little wackadoodle about this and look forward. Just look, put your gaze forward. Look straight ahead. We're on a mission here and we are a nonviolent people. So listen, the Michigan courts this week said they could bring their guns into the voting places this week. So what? Don't be afraid. Play music. I've created a, my own pay- playlist you might have seen for you to take to the polls. Listen to it in your headphones or bring a boombox, share it with other people. I- I've got two hours of music. Good, happy music. Most of it you can dance to, or at least I can, which isn't saying much, but you get the drift here. It's 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 uh, called um, Michael Moore's Election Day Mixtape. Play it at the polls. Okay, got that? Michael Moore's Election Day Mixtape. 2020, play it at the polls. And it's from my upcoming album, So You Want to Dance the Trump Away, Volume 54. Um, <laughs> make this stuff up. No, but uh, it's, it's, um, it's good music. It's good music to listen to, and it's a variety. There's music that, that uh, from the right now to all the way back to the 50s. And the, the, one, the song from the 50s is Harry Belafonte singing, Jump in Line, Jump in Line. So that's what we all need to do. If you haven't done it already, that's what we need to do. So, but it's got, it's got, it's got millennial music. It's got, uh, the generations Z it's got, uh, um, Gen X boomers tried to not do, keep it too heavy on the boomer, on the boomer end, but it's, but anyways, I, I share it with you, but I'm just saying, act like you're in charge. Cause you are, you're the majority. We're throwing them out of the white house. There's something to celebrate here. Do not be intimidated. And if you've got to wait there for a long time, I, I mean, I wish I could, if I thought of this earlier, I would have, I would have somehow gotten a group of people together and we would have rented porta potties across the whole country here. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but I know you're going to get hungry. Maybe there's a way I can, if you're hungry, I can get order pizzas for the voting line. Uh, maybe that's, uh, it, it, you know, for now, just uh, uh, if, if you're in line, uh, send me a, send me an email. Mike at michaelmore.com. Tell me where you're at, what the location, what the address is, and just say, you know, we're hungry. And I, I can't promise this for everybody. Obviously, I'm one person, but I'll order as many pizzas as I can uh, for as many lines as I can across the country. If you know that where the, the actual local pizza place is, tell me that too, because uh, it'll make it a lot easier for me to either go online or to, to call that place. And um, I'm just going to send uh, cheese pizzas. Sorry, meat, meat eaters. I just, you know, this is all we, we're going to be able to do. I'll, I'll do cheese, cheese. That's it. Cheese. I'll send some large cheese pizzas wherever I can, uh, wherever. I don't want anybody hungry or leaving because they're hungry. All right. Um, so that's my contribution on, on election day. Of course, I'm making my calls to my friends and neighbors and family members and whatever to remind them they've, this is it. This is the day they've got to vote. And again, I know you're worried because you already voted by absentee, but did they get, did they get my ballot? Well, you can, you can trace it now. They have a tracing system. Call your local town clerk or your city or county clerk, give them your name and your address and they'll look you up and it'll be in the computer as to whether or not the ballot made it there. If they say we have no record of a ballot for you, then you have to get in the car at that moment. And you have to say to the, to that clerk, I'm on my way to voting person. And when you get there, you have to tell the person when you're signing in that your ballot never came or it never arrived at the clerk's office. Many polling places will have a system there where they'll be able to look up and see. And they'll confirm the fact that, no, your ballot did not come in. Don't forget to bring some ID. You know, there's going to be people that are just a little tightly wound. They're going to want you to prove who you are. So bring some ID. Say who you are. 
They'll give you a ballot. You vote now. You vote today. You may have to wait an hour or five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You tell me this isn't worth it. Convince me right now this isn't worth it. You know it's worth it. You have to do this. Now, to my militia buddies, I went to school with you, as I've told you before. I know a lot of you. Uh, I, I remember you at least. Um, a lot of us remember. Some of you have had bully issues. You were bullied, and so this is how you ended up. Or you were the bully back in fifth grade. Shame on you that you got to live a life as a bully. Uh, God bless the women that have had to deal with you. But nonetheless, here you are now with your guns threatening a civil war. Come on. Seriously? Seriously, guys. Okay? Come on. I know it's almost deer season. We're like two weeks away in Michigan. It's a big thing. You know, you want to fire guns and kill moving and living things. I, I, I got that. But this is not the place to do it. Not your fellow Americans. We can have our differences. We can have our arguments. Not this. Don't even think about it. If this goes the way that you don't want it to go, if, if Trump loses, or if the force of the people come after the Republicans and Trump for occupying, trespassing in our White House, you're just going to have to deal with that because he can't stay there. And if we discover that, that he thinks he can stay there because he rigged the vote, that's a felony, and he's going to be carted away at some point. You know where this is going to end, and not well. And if you decide to pull out their gun and start something, let me just paint the picture for you. Okay, first of all, you know, you're not that good of a shot to begin with, and you know it. All right? I'm not, I hate to tell tales out of school here, but it's, it's, <laughs> This is, you're not like full-time military here where they've got to train every day. You're a little rusty, you know, and, and, and a little bit, I'm going to say it here, a little bit out of shape. And it's not, it's not like, it's, I know it's the pot calling the kettle black, but I got to tell you, some of you guys, you've been on TV. I don't know why you put yourself on TV. I mean, people have seen you. They know that, that I could outrun you. And that's not saying much. I mean, that's not saying much for you. And certainly not a compliment to myself either. If you decide to violate people's rights, if you decide to fire those guns, this is what's going to happen. The generals are not going to allow this. They're not going to allow a coup on their watch. That's not how they want to be known in history, as because their silence will mean their acquiescence to the coup. And so I don't think that's going to happen. And what is going to happen is that we have a lot of great young people in our military, men and women, and they are fit and they are sharpshooters. And when they are told that they have to protect the American people from people who want to kill American people, they're going to shoot you. This is not going to end well. And they have backup too. The National Guard, these guys, you know, the guys that will go one weekend a month to train with the National Guard. I mean, they're, there's no war going on right now. They haven't had a chance to fire their guns. They're going to be told you can fire your guns now at these people. Wow. And the police, no matter if their unions have endorsed Trump, the police, they're the third wave of people who are happy to fire a gun and they're going to be shooting at you just because you're something to shoot. I hate to put it that way, but this isn't going to go well. So stop thinking like this, please. I do know a lot of you. I remember you from high school. You're good people. I know you love this country. Nobody wants your guns. No one's going to take your guns from you. Don't worry. I promise. Just lock them up so they're safe. So the kids, you know, so nobody gets hurt in the house. Or if you've got a, a teenager that's maybe you know, upset at how he's being treated at school, 
He sees that he's got access to guns in the house. Not a good idea. Just do a few things to be safe with it. And, you know, go out and shoot at watermelons and do whatever it is that makes you happy. Uh, I'm a guy, too. I like, you know, we like loud noises. We like, you know, it's, it's just in our, I don't know, something, somewhere in our DNA, we just like things that go boom. I, I, get, I get it. But not this. Not this, okay? Okay? And deer season, it's coming. It's like literally a couple weeks away. And in Michigan, you know, every year we have a million hunters out in the woods during these two weeks of deer season. A million guys firing guns. And every year there's like somewhere between five and 15 who are killed. They kill each other accidentally, of course, um, because they, you know, they thought somebody looked like a deer and it was a guy, another guy gets shot. Sad. Every year it happens, but you know, it's part of the sport. So um, that's coming up. Get ready for it. Go do it. Kill Bambi. It's okay. It's legal. And, um, and, and leave the rest of the people alone. Everybody in that line is someone's mother, someone's father, someone's brother, sister. <sighs> That's all I have to say. We've got work to do. You need to turn this off now. You need, all of you need to, to get people out to the polls right now. Give them a ride if they need one. Help them in any way. Make it fun. Go to lunch, go to dinner, have a beer after whatever. Let's do this. Don't be told or don't think that you can't vote because you sent your ballot in already or whatever. If you have any concern that they're not counting your ballot, go there. Just go to the polling place. Call You can call call the clerk in your city or town first if you want. They can look things up for you. But do not be deterred. Do not leave that line. 8 p.m. rolls around and you're still in line. They are required by law to let you vote. Do not leave. And stand up for you. See anybody being turned away, you stand up for that person. And you tell them they have a right to fill out a provisional ballot before they leave. Don't leave. Stand up for anybody being picked on by this crazy system that we have. Don't let any fellow American be turned away. I know people in other countries are listening to this right now and they're going, what the? I know, I know. We're a good people. I'm telling you, we are a good people. And part of this crazy making is what is is what has given you all the great movies and music and everything <laughs> you like from this country because we're driven crazy from pretty much five years old on. And but we end up doing great art and we come up with crazy inventions like being able to carry the world in your pocket. That's us. So we're going to get this right. And if you want just a thought exercise, fellow voters in line today for a few hours, think about the America that we could possibly have. Think about the America you would like to live in. Think about what we're going to fight for once Joe Biden is in the White House and once we have the Senate and the House. Think of everything we're going to be able to do. It won't be perfect. We won't get everything we want. But I think if you just kind of fantasize about that while you're standing in line, and I'm going to be there, right there with you, during all we have to do. And yes, we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight the Democrats. But that's okay, because there's it's like fighting somebody who's on your side, sort of. So you're playing offense. You're playing offense now, not defense. We're always playing defense. Let's play offense. We've got the ball. Once we have the ball, that doesn't mean some of these others in the Democratic Party have the ball all the time. Sometimes we get the ball. Sometimes we have to take the ball away from them. But it's going to be a lot easier and a lot more fun playing offense and making ourselves uh, honorary, unofficial members of the squad. We're all going to be in the squad, my friends. And, and once this all gets sorted out and the person that was actually elected is sitting in the Oval Office, then we are going to be very busy, but in a very good way. Let's do this. Let's do this. We are all in this together. We are the majority. We are a nonviolent people. And love, really, our love, will stand up to all the hate 
and eventually win, as it does, eventually. Go vote. Go get people to vote. Do this now. I'll be in touch with you here. Send in your pizza orders. I love all of you. I'm so grateful that we're going to pull this off, goddammit. We are going to pull this off. It may not be easy, but it will happen. My thanks to our executive producer, Basil Hamden, our editor and sound engineer, Nick Quaz. Our thanks to our tech assistant here, uh, Donald Bornstein, and to all of you who've helped to make Rumble uh, what it has become in these 10 plus months. Thank you. Please share this episode right now with uh, your friends and family. Send it to them. It's real easy to send it. Um, Maybe this will help. I'm Michael Moore. This has been an episode of the Emergency Podcast System for Rumble with Michael Moore. It's coming to America first. The cradle of the best and of the worst. It's here they got the range and the machinery for change. And it's here they got the spiritual thirst. It's here the family is broken and it's here the lonely say that the heart has got to open in a fundamental way. Democracy is coming to the U.S.A. Shores of me, past the reefs of greed, through the squall.